Welcome to the Jordan and Kristen Rickard Show. The world is falling apart, but you don't have to. Join Jordan and Kristen as they discuss the challenges that face us in our decaying world every day. God has a plan for you to have victory and to be a light in the darkness. As the Bible says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now, here's Jordan and Kristen. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Jordan and Kristen Pray for You. It's very nice to see you guys tonight. Hope you're doing well. And I hope you're enjoying the anxiety series in particular. That sounds, sounds like it's a funny thing to say. I hope you're enjoying the anxiety series. Like, like those are two words that don't usually go together in the same sentence. How are you? Know, enjoyment and anxiety, right? Um, but I hope you're at least getting something out of the anxiety series. We're going to continue it tonight. You know, one of my friends, actually, Kristen, right before we went to air, she sent me a message and she wanted to know how it is I know so much about anxiety and how I I, uh, I have so many of the answers to it. And, you know, for those of you who haven't been watching, it's because I have been suffering from this from a very, very long time or had been suffering for a very long time. And it took me a long time to get over it. And I lost, you know, 10 or 15 years of my life to it. And what really has to happen, it's true with anxiety. I think it's true with depression. It's definitely true with addictions is you at some point you have to have kind of a point where you just kind of bottom out a lot of times. And I don't mean, you know, you see some of these alcoholics, they get a DUI, they go to rehab and they don't care. But when they really hit bottom, then they start caring. And you just hope that uh, they aren't completely lost by then. And with me, you know, I hit my sort of mid thirties and I wasn't really going anywhere in life. And this was why it was holding me back. Right. This is the kind of anxiety we're talking about. Again, we've been trying to emphasize this isn't just about nervousness. It's about an actual a generalized, frankly, disorder that holds you back in life from doing the things that you want to do. And and that was me. And I had to determine to break out. And part of what helped me with that was this idea, and this is the topic for tonight, is I tried to begin to see myself the way God sees me. And, and the best example I can give you for this is Gideon. You know, during different times of my life, I've had different favorite Bible characters, right? And Gideon's a weird one because he's kind of like a second tier Bible character. I mean, obviously Jesus is up by himself. But then you have guys like, you know, Moses and David and Abraham. That's kind of like your, you know, first first team all Bible, right? And then Gideon is kind of like, all right, then you might have someone like Samson. Gideon's like second or third tier. You don't think about him as much. And what people know about him to the extent they know anything they know that, all right, he's the guy that led the small army and he defeated a bigger army. But there's way more to it than that. If you actually look at the beginning of the story, all right, Gideon is someone suffering from severe anxiety. Let's start with that. Maybe that's why I identify with him so much early on. The story is basically this. When we first meet Gideon, he is in a hole. Literally, he has dug a hole in the ground. And the reason he's done that is he's threshing wheat, which is a process where you take the wheat and you throw it up in the air to literally separate the wheat from the chaff. And he doesn't want to do this at ground level because by throwing it in the air, he's afraid that his enemies will see him, right? The Midianites, that they'll see him. They'll see the stuff going into the air. They'll realize where he is or that there's someone there and they'll come and steal his stuff and possibly kill him. And so he's dug himself a hole so he can throw the wheat in the air, right? Just basically back up to ground level and land without being seen. I mean, he's, he's that much of a coward. And the angel of God comes to him, which is sometimes in the Old Testament interpreted as actually being Jesus himself. The angel of God comes to him and calls him a mighty man of valor. He says, rise up, mighty man of valor. And I could think it was like, this is the last person you would say that to. 
And Gideon was probably thinking that himself. Like, who are you talking to, me? But that's how God saw him. Gideon saw himself so afraid of life, basically, that he had to dig himself a hole to live in. Okay? But God saw the opposite. And this is a trend with God. Okay? When he, when Jesus meets Peter for the first time, Peter says, Oh, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And yet it's Peter who Jesus says, you will be called rock, and on this rock I will build my church, okay? Paul was the great persecutor of Christians, and yet God points his finger at Paul and chooses him to write basically half of the New Testament. Moses was slow of speech. He did not want to speak to Pharaoh. We all remember the Ten Commandments movement with Charlton Heston and the whole, let my people go, right? That's as close as I'm coming to singing tonight. But seriously, the more important part of that story is before he does that, he tries to talk God out of forcing him to go, saying, look, I am slow of speech. I don't have to talk. You know, uh, send one of my relatives. Send Lot. He can do it. But God empowers him. God chose him. And then, of course, we have the story of David, who not only does he kill Goliath, but God chooses him to be the king of Israel, even though he is the lowest of his, of his family. When we first meet him, okay, Samuel goes to the house of Jesse and says, look, I know that one of your children is going to be king of Israel. Bring me all your sons. And he tries anointing them, but the oil won't flow out. And he gets to the last one. He says, is this, the, is, is this all your sons? This isn't working. And Jesse says, well, I have one more. I mean, the kid is such an afterthought. He hasn't even been called in to see if he's, if he's supposed to be anointed. And so they call him in from out in the field where he's basically a shepherd, which was something that family, the members of the family wouldn't even normally do. Okay, that was something a servant would do. And so that's how low he was. So God uses a lot of times the low to confound the high. He uses the weak to confound the strong. He uses the dumb to confound the wise because that's how he's glorified. And here he takes, in the story of Gideon, he takes the person who's suffering more than anybody else in the Bible from a severe anxiety disorder, and he points his finger at him and he says, you are a mighty man of valor. Okay. So number one, the first thing I want you to learn from the story of Gideon is don't see yourself the way... You know, you see yourself the natural, but see yourself the way God sees you, not as someone who's defeated, not as not as the tail under the spectrum, but someone who's the head and not the tail above and not beneath. OK, that's number one. Now, what's the rest of the story? <laughs> not only does God see him as a mighty man of valor. OK, he then says to him, OK, I need you to go conquer the Midianite army now. Gideon is given an army at first of 30,000 men. The Midianites have 120,000. So right off the bat, you've got Captain Anxiety over here who's living in a hole, and now you have to go fight an army that's four times as big. And if you know the story, you know God actually doesn't let him even take 30,000 with him, that he, he narrows it down until he only has 300. Okay, so you, that army goes from being, he goes from being outnumbered four to one to 400 to one. So if you've got an anxiety disorder, Believe me, it's it's going to kick up now. But what does Gideon do? He makes a choice. This is key. And we talked about it last night to trust in God. That's the key. He could have chosen not to. And so many times when we suffer from anxiety, we choose not to. We say, no, I'm going to stay in my comfort zone. I'm not going to move forward. I'm going to retreat. I'm comfortable here. I'm safe. But Gideon did the right thing and he made a choice and he stepped out. And what winds up happening is God basically does 99% of the work. Right. All Gideon has to do is show up to face the Midianites and instantly God throws the entire army into confusion. I'm, I'm shortening the story a little bit, but he, he throws the entire Midianite army into confusion and they wind up killing themselves. Gideon hardly even has to do anything. 
And you might say, oh, well, why does God then even need Gideon? Well, I don't know that God does need him, but God tries to help us. Okay, he wants us to play a part in this life and to grow us through it. So Gideon made a choice. And through that choice, he's able to conquer his anxiety. And what is the choice above all to put God in control? Okay, if you let God take control of the situation, then you don't need to have anxiety. See, we've been talking about this now for four days. What does anxiety really come down to other than control? You're afraid you're in a situation that you can't control, in an environment that you can't control. You can't escape it, and you might have a panic attack, which is even worse, and then you lose control of your body. Okay, that's why it's so important to trust God, like we spoke about last night, and understand that he's in control. I'll tell you a story real quick. When Krista and I first started dating, she doesn't know I'm going to tell the story, but she knows the story well. It was actually about a year ago, she decided she wanted to go to the Freedom Tower, otherwise known as One World Trade Center over in New York City. We live in New Jersey. And I said, all right, no problem. So I got us tickets. Now, I had just we had just started seeing each other. We did not know each other that well yet. She certainly didn't know me that well. And so right off the bat, this is, you know, a situation that's a little unfamiliar to me. I'm with someone who I like, but I don't know her that well just yet. And now I have to go out of state into New York. Okay, so now I'm in a, a doubly unfamiliar environment. And New York is crazy as it is. I can't bring my car with me because you can't really drive into New York. So now I got to take a boat over. I haven't taken a boat in a while. So you're piling on levels of unfamiliarity. And the funny thing is, as you're driving there, you see this giant tower from like, you know, a good 15 minutes before you get to New York, you can see the Freedom Tower. So it's like, it's like staring at you like this Tower of Mordor. And by the way, when you have anxiety, you think in like apocalyptic terms like that, right? Like, you know, it's not just, it's not a building. It's a Tower of Mordor from Lord of the Rings. And you get there and it's the tallest building in the Western Hemisphere. And you think it's tall before you get there and you just go like this and you can't see the top of it. And Chris is like, all right, let's go. Come on up. And I'm like, just, just relax. Okay. I'm doing the, I, we got here. Just take it easy for two seconds. All right. And so I had to kind of, she's like, you know, what is the problem? Like, just, just, just calm down. And if you remember this, Kristen, once you finally got me inside the building, we didn't go right to the elevators. I had to like, I, I semi-pretended I had to go to the bathroom just so I could like acclimate myself to now being in this building in the basement. We haven't gone up a floor yet. We've gone down into the basement and I'm still trying to get my wits about me. And now I go to the top floor of the tallest building in the Western Hemisphere. Now, I did not think I was afraid of heights. In fact, I used to be a pilot. I flew planes at altitudes by myself, much higher than that building. But what winds up happening is you, I got up there and it was such a weird perspective. It kind of threw me off. And the worst part is, is now I'm not in control. OK, I'm stuck in this building. I do not know how to get out. There are lines everywhere. I'm sure if I want to leave, I can't just snap my fingers and doing it. And of course, I got Kristen with me who's just having the time of her life. So it's not like we just get to the top of the elevator. I'm like, OK, hit the down button. We're out of here because I don't even think the elevators do the same thing. You have to go to a different one. And so now, and Kristen remembers this, like I could not even stand upright up there. I was like leaning against the wall. And it, there are other people, by the way, up there like that, you know, sitting on the floor and stuff. It's, it's a weird experience. And by the way, the building also moves while you're up there. They don't tell you that either. And Kristen's taking pictures by the window. And why don't you take a picture with me? I'm like, no, I'm not even looking. Just hurry up. Let's go. And then it was over. I felt a lot better because I regained control. Okay. When I'm up in that situation, 1,300 feet above the ground, I have no control of the situation. I'm trapped, okay? When I'm back down, I'm a lot better. So you see, so much of anxiety is just about control. It's not even about the event itself. It's not about even what you're going through. It's about your inability to control things. 
let me let you in on a secret, okay? The people who don't have anxiety, it's not that they can control more things. It's that they don't worry about controlling things as much. You can take someone like Kristen and parachute her anywhere in the world. She'll be fine because she doesn't have to control the whole situation, okay? With people who are suffering, that's the feeling we have. And so what, one of the things I've been trying to impress upon you is you have to get out of this idea that you need to be in control. God needs you to take a step out of your comfort zone like he did with Gideon and to recognize that you're a mighty man or woman of valor, that yours is not a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But as you're out of your comfort zone and moving forward, understand that God is in control. You don't have to control the whole situation. That's where faith comes in. My speaker is on, as you can hear. So the point is simply this, okay? Number one, don't see yourself as some coward, as someone who's incapable, because the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, okay? And number two, understand, like I said last night, you can't simply sit in your comfort zone and expect anything to happen. God still needs you to take some steps forward here to move out of it, okay? But once you start to move out of it, understand that God is not only with you, he is in control of the situation, so you don't have to be. And when you understand that, then you'll stop worrying about control so much, okay? And the end of worry is the beginning of faith, and then you're going to be able to move forward with your life like I was able to. And that's my prayer for you tonight, and that's my message for you tonight. I remember that fun day, and the funniest part was it was funny that we didn't know each other that well because I thought you were joking. And <laughs> I didn't know. I First of all, when we were sitting – I, I just thought that you – I didn't pick up on the fact that you were afraid to go to the top. I just thought you were taking it all in in the 90-degree heat outside. It was hot. And then we went in, and, and I didn't get all that. Then when we got up to the top and you did that with, like, hanging on to the wall, I was like, oh, ha, ha, you're so funny. So I really helped the situation. And um, <laughs> and then I was like, yeah. okay, where would you go? And, and so and when you're – we have to understand is when you're up there, what you're worried about – and like I said, it's not even a heights thing because I have flown planes by myself, literally way higher than that. It's you start to panic that you're going to have a panic attack and that causes you to panic more. And that's really what I was worried about up there. OK, yeah. that I'm going to be and everyone's going to laugh at me or look at me and this girl's going to think what a loser I'm with. And, and you know, so that's what you, I really start to worry about. And it wasn't that I was afraid to go to the top. What you just had to understand is I needed to wrap my mind around going to the top. I had to plan it. If I could plan it better in my mind and just get myself focused on it, then I felt like I could control the situation as opposed to simply rushing up it. Well, God is taking us to new heights, Jordan Rickards. And uh, <laughs> no, that was good. And, you know, that's interesting what you said about Gideon. I had forgotten that part about him hiding in 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 a hole basically and hiding and so many people how often is that where the enemy wants us to hide our gifts because of fear or uh insecurity or any of those things i mean really uh, the root is all the same worry fear anxiety insecurity it's all the same kind of thing depression disappointment and we end up hiding what god has given us that we're supposed to be showing mm -hmm. the world and having God work through us and work through our weaknesses. And, and the enemy wants us to hide ourselves and our gifts. So that that is so true. And I, I like the synopsis of Gideon. That was that was very good. Yeah, it's he's a he's a weird character. Um and it, you know, he winds up making an ephod afterwards and he turns down the kingship. Uh and then one of his sons kind of goes off the rails. And so he doesn't really establish the same kind of legacy. 
but he his heroism is not in having slain so many people. His heroism is facing his fear and moving forward. And it's a critical understanding that courage is not the absence of fear. That doesn't take courage, right? Courage is feeling fear and pushing through it. That's right. right? And that's, that's, that's really, that's really the story of Gideon. Yeah. Everything you want in life is on the other side of your comfort zone and on the other side of fear is pushing through and that makes it all worth it. But so if you think about the things that you and I want to do in life. I mean, if, if I didn't, if we didn't push past anxieties and, you know, we just talk about me on here, we don't talk about anybody else. Um, that's fine. Um, but if we didn't, if we're not constantly growing, then we're not going to be able to do the many things that, that, you know, God has for us. That's right. Because you, what you mentioned about the sense of control mm-hmm. is it's what you think you have control of sometimes, which we have control over none of it or what you care or what how you trust God with something. Because for me, like you say, going on the top of the Freedom Tower or going, you know, that that's, doesn't, I don't have any anxiety about that, but I could potentially allow something to make me fearful that is completely unrelated. So it's, it's, it's what you value and control. Well, you so. hit the nail on the head there. You could let it. And what I think so many people who suffer from anxiety feel like it's not a choice. And I know what you mean because nobody would choose anxiety. Right. But what you can choose to do is fight against it and push through it and step out of your comfort zone. And, you know, I'm not going to recap everything we've talked about the last four days, but understand that uh, that God is in control, number one. Uh, so that you don't have to be, and just keep pushing forward. Understand, it's not going to be something instantaneous. You know, you can't always choose the things that happen to you, but you can choose how you handle it. And simply raising the white flag isn't isn't it. Understand, you can beat it, okay, but you still have to, you, you know, you play a huge role in this. It's moving forward. Yeah, what, one more thing that I would say is imperfect action is better than perfect procrastination. Oh. And so sometimes overthinking you paralyzes you and you just have to go. You just have to go and do because even if you fall flat on your face, knowing that that's better than actually doing an action is better than just waiting. So Yeah, what is it this, they say? Uh, perfection is the enemy of good or something like that. Like there's yeah. always... There's always a, a, a good reason to procrastinate. If you think That's about right. it, like, but there's always, you know, when we started this show, it was never, it, there were a lot of things about it that weren't perfect at first. You That's know, right. We just said, look, we're just going to do it. We'll work through it. It'll get better over time. If we waited until everything was perfect, if we waited until we had like a TV quality studio, right. or something, we never get it done because there's always something else you can do. That's right. That's right. So good. So amazing. Awesome. Awesome. All right. All right, so uh, the verse tonight, um, and these all go with all of these sermons, especially about anxiety. Ephesians six seventeen and 18. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. God. What a great reminder and just talking to myself and I, I believe that I represent many, many people, everyone listening right now, all of us need to be reminded of that every single day to put on the whole armor of God. How many times, Lord, 
do we realize we've gone about our day or we've gotten frustrated or we've gotten fearful or whatever. And we've lost sight of the prize. We've lost sight of what we're fighting for, what this battle is all about, what our purpose is, how we're protected. We tend to fret and worry about the things that really don't matter at all, the things that you're going to take care of. And we lose our focus. We lose our focus on what everything is supposed to be about and be for, knowing that you will take care of us, knowing that you have called us to make an influence and an impact and leave a legacy and leave our mark and a long-lasting eternal, eternal purpose that you put inside us and that you will take care of everything. Lord, you care. You care about every detail. If you know all of the hairs on our head and and each number of the hairs, not only how many hairs, but you know them by their number. God, that tells me that you care about every little detail. I mean, if you think about all the things, Lord, even in our DNA and our, the way our body works, the way, the way certain things work, the way certain stories, if you look at the Bible, all the details put into stories. And I believe we don't even, you know, in science and in reading the Bible, we haven't even scratched the surface of the detail, God. You are a detailed God. So you care about us, Lord. I thank you for caring about every person who listens in and their families, God. I thank you for the way you care about us. I thank you that you don't just leave us to kind of wander through this life, but every single moment we can abide in you. And that's the way you've designed us. You've designed us for community and communion with you, Lord. You've designed us to stay close to you and under your wing we find our refuge. We don't have to worry or live in anxiety or fear or all these things because what happens is we take on everything that we're not meant to take on. We're meant to cast everything on you, God. So we cast it all on you. And we thank you, God. We thank you for who you are. And something that Jordan said this morning in our our prayer time together is he said that not only do we cast our anxieties on you, Lord, but we cast our hopes and our dreams on you. God, we, we put everything on you and we just... We just thank you for your promises. We were reminding you of your promises. We remind you of what you've promised us and our future generations. We remind you of the unity and the covenant that you made with us. We would remind you, God, of, of your mercies, which are new every morning. We would remind you of what you have promised us from days of old, Lord. The remembrance stones. We remind you, Lord, how really just to remind ourselves, because you don't need reminding, but it's our way of of confessing our belief in you and and saying out loud so the enemy flees. In Jesus' name, we are secure. We are whole. We are holy. We are anointed. We are loved. We are valued. We are treasured. We are a royal priesthood, a royal nation. You sing over us and dance over us and rejoice over us. You cover us with your feathers. You cover us with favor as a shield. We are a royal diadem in the hand of our God. Lord, we are your sons and daughters. We are adopted into your lineage, Lord. We are bought with a price. We are priceless pearl. We, are, we were bought with the precious blood of Calvary, Lord. Lord, where would we be without you? You have covered us, and you cover us every single day, and you give us new hope for the future For you know the plans you have for us, to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. 
you've spoken things and what you have said will come to pass, come to pass. Nothing will return to you void or empty, Lord. You will always fulfill your promises. Every generation, Lord, you are not finished. When we see things that seem undone, when we see things that seem out of order and just confusing, Lord, you are working behind the scenes. You are a God of justice. You are a God of hope. You are a God of wisdom and love. And you will conquer and have victory, Lord. You are the Lion of Judah and the seed of every problem. Every problem has a seed of its own solution. So God, I pray for anyone who's going through a crisis, going through a problem, going through an issue. I would ask everyone who feels like overwhelmed or just like they don't know what to do, Lord. I would ask them all to just take that problem and just picture it in their hands and just release it to you. Say, God, I don't know what to do with this, but you do. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't have, I, I, I don't have the answers, but you do. I ask for your wisdom. I ask for your, you to come in and make a way where there seems to be no way. God, you make a way where it seems to be impossible. For the very word impossible says, I'm possible. Lord, impossible is, is one of your favorite words because it has the seed of a miracle. God, do miracles. Renew those miracles. You want to do miracles. Come in. We give you everything, God. We release it all to you. We cast our cares on you, knowing that you have the future and the hope that you have planted inside us and the dreams you planted inside us will come to pass. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Excellent, excellent job, Kristen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Since you're in a praying mood today, I'm going to give you the first prayer request. Um, I'm going to do basically blocks of prayers. I'm going to give you the individual ones. Sure. So the individual, we start with Christina who says, pray, uh, I guess she means pray against demonic activity, iniquities, and cult patterns to be broken off my family in Jesus' name. Mm. Christina, thank you for recognizing that you are the seed. You are the chain breaker. God is using you to break those chains in your family. I want you to, I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to, for like the next 30 days and it can be, and it is instant, but just like we're talking about process and everything, I just feel in my spirit that you need to pray, pray every day for the next 30 days. Even if it's a small, short prayer, just pray in the spirit and just pray and dig in deeper, dig in deeper to Jesus. Because when you dig in, when you dig in and get your spiritual language and, and, and just dig in deeper to the spirit, that's what's going to, that's, what's going to completely finish this off. In Jesus' name, we pray that no, no, nothing will come near the tent and the family of Christina. In Jesus' name, their lineage is, is one. They may have had a past of all these things, but I say there's even a remnant even before that of faith that you are bringing back. And I thank you for Christina and what she, what she, how she desires to serve you and her family. Lord, I pray that you break every chain. Lord, there's nothing that is too hard for you. In fact, your your power is much more powerful than anything, Lord. In Jesus' name, we cast out every demon, every spirit, everything, every demon that is obvious and every demon that seems okay. There's a lot of things, Lord, that lie beneath the surface and just lie places. And those are actually the more dangerous thing because they, they're like the hidden foxes, the things that seem like they're they're 
Uh, okay, Lord, we cast that out for Christina and every family. In Jesus' name, we cast out everything that is not of you. And we, and we, and we speak your truth, God. We speak your truth. In Jesus' name, we rebuke all of Satan's lies. We know that Jesus is the king of Christina and her family. And in Jesus' name, I pray for that family to turn to you. I pray for praise to be the atmosphere. I pray for the pra- your praises to be on their lips and in their minds and their heads. I pray for protection. I pray pr- for provision. I pray for everything that is not of you to be broken. In Jesus' name, amen. Excellent job. All right. I'm going to do a lot of prayers here for people's families. Uh, some of these were submitted ahead of time. Some of these are coming in live. Matthew says, please pray for my family, especially my three children's education. Johanna, good morning. I'm Johanna Oruma, single mother from the country of Namibia. My prayer request is God make the impossible possible in my life. Uh, for God to make wonders my life and my son's life, my mother, my father, my family's life. Lilodi says, uh, good night, Plaster. You are doing a great job. I would like you to pray for my two sons, also myself. Thank you. Sui, S-U-I, says, pray for my family. And Chrisaly Mondahar says, pray for my family. So, Father God, we thank you for Maffie for, and her family, Johanna and her family, Liloti and her family, her sons, Sue's family, and Chrysalie's family. God, we know you love the family. We thank you for these people. We thank you, God, that you brought them to us. But more than that, we thank you that you're bringing them into you. That's really the key here. We love what you're doing in their lives. We thank you for their lives. God, we pray for their children, that, they, that no sickness comes to them that they don't get into drugs or alcohol or smoking or anything like that, that they all do well in school, that they all honor their father and mothers. We pray that as husbands and wives, um, that they love each other. For those who are single, we pray that they find good partners. We pray for them to be prosperous, for the children to be prosperous in schools and for the parents to be prosperous in in their jobs and for all of them to be known in their community as as a blessed family and a blessing to the community. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Sunday, Kristen says, pray for divine restoration all around my life, and that concerns me and my families with good health, long life, and prosperity. All right. Sunday. What a great name. It's the the Sabbath, you know? It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. I love it. Lord Jesus, we pray for Sunday, and we pray for his entire family, Lord, to be surrounded with your glory, for them to literally feel the weight of your glory. Take off the weight which is not of you and replace it with the holy, holy fear. Take any fear and replace it with holy fear. Take off any burden and replace it with your, the weight of your glory, Lord, for their family. Take off any oppression and depression and sin and things that just linger through generations and break and cut those ties, Lord, and bind your spirit of love and, and power and a sound mind in his entire family. In Jesus' name, amen. We've got a bunch of people praying for sicknesses. Dalton asks us that we pray that he doesn't have cancer past his finger that which is amputated last week. Aju says, pray that I'm sick or pray because I'm sick, I should say. Leva says, pray for my boyfriend's wellness, his health, safety, to have enough money for food to eat normally, and for my mom's health and happiness and for my inner peace. So hell says, thank you for everything, Lord. Please pray for my family. Have mercy on us, Lord, especially those who are sick. 
that they may heal in the name of Jesus. All right. Well, Father God, we first of all, for Dalton, God, we, we rebuke this cancer in his body. We pray that it does not enter. We pray against it entering his body. Kristen and I, everybody else listening, we stand in the gap against that sickness Amen. entering his body, that the cancer is gone in Jesus' name. We pray against whatever Aju sickness or whatever is whatever sickness is afflicting Aju. We pray for his total health and restoration. We pray for Leva and her boyfriend's wellness in all things, his health, his safety, his prosperity, uh, that he eats normally, whatever that means. Um, we pray for her mother's health. I will give you the peace that passes all understandings. That's my prayer for you tonight. And so how we pray for your family and we pray for those who are sick, that they may heal in Jesus name. God, your word says that by your stripes, we are healed. You were made sick so that we could be made healthy. God, you conquered death. So I know you can conquer all kinds of sickness. So we thank you for their healing, God. We expect it and we, we call it in and we ask for full restoration. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Kristen, here's some financial ones. Tammy uh, asks that, prays that her SSI gets approved. Diane Fung, who we know, uh, says, pray for my husband to find work. And Vinal, uh, whose last name I can't think of, but we've seen him a lot of times. Vinal Don? Yeah, that's it. I don't know why I don't see it. Vinal Don says praying for career breakthrough and that he does well in school. So Tammy wants her SSI approved. Diane uh, wants her husband to find work and Vinal asks for career breakthrough to do well in school. Lord, I pray that you break through for these three individuals, Lord, for Tammy, make that SSI approved, Lord, just come into that situation and just make it what it's supposed to be, Lord. Your timing is perfect. And we know that you want to do this for her. So God, we pray that in. We pray that in. And for Diane, we pray in her husband's work. Lord, you, this is something, uh, this is a need. You, you want to provide over and above for our needs. So provide for Diane and her husband, Lord, and for his work. Lord, give him the job that he's supposed to have. For Vineldon, thank you for the work you're doing in his life, God. Continue to help him in his career and his advancement, Lord. Just break through, provide a breakthrough that would be reflective in every area of his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you hear me right now? Okay, good job there, Kristen. Thanks. We've got a bunch of people asking us to pray for specific countries. Angela lives in Guyana, and she prays for God to take control over the election that's been going on since March 2nd. You guys had an election that's been going on since March 2nd? My goodness. Wow. Okay, we'll pray for that in a moment. Oye Prince from Nigeria lives in the Congo. His prayers for God to have mercy upon his children. God bless the USA and the world. Amen. Batez asks that we pray for Indonesia and Evangelist Shamoon, excuse me, always has good prayers, asks us to pray for poor people in Pakistan. Sorry. I have a bit of a hiccup or something. Okay. Well, Father God, first of all, we thank you for all the people in Guyana and Nigeria and the Congo and in Indonesia and in Pakistan, everywhere else. Where, where people join us from, really the entire world, since we're a global ministry. Praise God. Hallelujah. God, we pray for victory 
for your your chosen candidate in Guyana. And we pray for a peaceful end to that election process. God, we pray for our own elections. We pray, I'll just do it right now, I don't care. Um, we pray, Father God, against any candidate, whether it's a, for president or for Congress anywhere, who does not support the right to life. Yes. We pray against any candidate who would interfere with religious liberties. Yes. We pray, um, we pray for a candidate who will choose only good judges who will defend the right to life and defend those liberties. Mm. And for just the total defeat of other people. And, uh, you know, I don't mind saying that. I don't have tax exempt status, so you can't take it from me. So there. We pray for, we pray for the Guyana elections. We pray for uh, the people in the Congo. Pray for the people in Nigeria, that God has mercy on those people. More than that, you know, we, we ask God for mercy, and that's important. But I want to also ask God to embrace those people, just to love them. Same with the people in Indonesia. And God, we pray for the poor people in Pakistan. But God, we don't want them to be poor anymore. We pray that Pakistan and Indonesia and, and Nigeria and the Congo and Guyana are known for their prosperity at least insofar as concerns the people of God, and that those people are not only the most prosperous people there, but also the most generous. That's even more important. In Jesus' name, amen. Is it is it Congo or the Congo? Is it two different pla- two different things, right? No, the Congo it's the same and country. Well, who knows? We'll, we'll look at the it Congo, up. I so. Yeah. Okay. Sholanaki. Ibn Lomo, Chris, says, pray for me that God should break every curse of barrenness over my life and restore brand new reproductive organs in me for multiple conceptions in my marriage. Creative miracles in my body I receive in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a faith prayer right there. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. God is a God of miracles, Sholanaki, and I love your faith. May God honor that faith. God, come into this woman in her body. And, and I, I see what you're saying about barrenness as not only your, you wanting God to restore that for obvious, for, for having children, but in every area of your life may, you know, there's a um, great part in the Bible. God uses it over and over again about how you will no longer be barren, you know, um, and it's always used as a symbol, not just for having children, but for the fruit of your life, for every area of your life. So I pray that for every area of your life and certainly for your desire to have children and certainly for your desire to raise children in the way that they should be uh, loving the Lord with all of their hearts, mind, soul, and strength. And so we just pray over you. We pray God's the blood of Jesus to come in and, and just heal you and, and make you prosperous and um, and be able to conceive and be able to also just tell of the works that the Lord has done in your life in every area. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Ruby Villar says, pray for David Van Solingen for financial breakthrough to have, to have permanent work. And uh, she then says again, praying for work. All right, Ruby, well, in Jesus' name, we pray for your friend, David Van Solingen. We pray for his financial breakthrough. We pray for him to have permanent work. We pray for him to have just an exciting, dynamic career. And we thank you, God. We lift this person up to you and we lift up Rudy, Ruby, I should say, who's a great intercessor, always praying for other people. We thank you so much for her life. We pray that she is an amazing blessing to all the others around her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
let's see. Kristen, Terry Witten asks for healing prayers and strength. All right, Lord, we pray for Terry. We ask for your healing power to flow through her and her entire family and the strength, the peace that passes understanding to guard her heart and mind, the strength uh, in your victory and triumph, Lord. And sometimes, you know, physical strength is one thing, but emotional strength is another. And so I do pray for physical strength. I also pray for the emotional strength to for her to just rely on you and give up that control and release everything that's been just being a burden on her, Lord, release it to you so she can have that freedom and that strength and not a crushed spirit, but a spirit that is lifted. In Jesus' name, amen. Shalanaki says, amen, I receive and God bless you. Amen. Okay. Chris, I'm going to give you one more and then I'll run through the last ones. Uh, okay. Naomi, I guess it's pronounced Naomi, says, Pastor, you must pray for me and my family from Guyana, South America. All right, Naomi, uh, we pray for you and your entire family. Um, I, I have a friend from Guyana, so um, I'm a little bit familiar with your culture. Lord, we just pray for Naomi and her family, God, in Jesus' name. Uh, surround them with your protection, with your favor, God, with your love and um, healing and just everything they need. Lord, you have promised to provide for everything they need. And I pray you do that for her family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're just going to finish off with a few quick ones here, but important ones. But now Don sends another prayer request to pray for the needy people and all COVID patients. And Prahlad, Happy, and Jarwin all just individually ask for prayer. So God, we pray for all the needy people in the world. God, we, I, I believe and declare, I pray, God, for a day to come soon where nobody in the world goes to bed hungry. Period. Mm. End of story. Why can't I pray a big prayer like that? And God, I pray, I pray for all of these people here that they become financially prosperous so that they can be generous and feed all those other people too. And if other people aren't going to, you know, take up their burden and, and do the things they're supposed to do and give generously, then God... Give it to Kristen, give it to me, give it to the people who will, because we'll give generously. Yes. So we pray for for now. We pray for Prahlad and Happy and Jarwin. We pray that you meet all of their needs. And that, God, the biggest need that all of us have is not financial, and it's not a relationship need even. It's not a professional need. Uh, it's not a health need. It's nothing like that. The greatest need all of us have is for more of you. And so, God, my prayer for all of these people tonight, not just the four I just named, but everybody who's joined us tonight, Everybody who's ever joined us, all of our, I think, 52,000 followers now, is that they just get a double dosage of you. If they just get more of you to the point of overflowing, that they have to just expand their spiritual buckets to hold more of you, Father God. That's my prayer for these people tonight, that they just be blessed and prosperous in your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Kristen, can you close us out with the call to salvation, please? Yes. If you'd like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity. Just follow after me. Dear Jesus, I admit that I have sinned. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I make you my Lord and Savior. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we're so excited for you. Send us a message or comment on the video. We want to know about it. Naini Vero says, please pray for my new job that God gives me the intelligence to do it. Well, Naini, listen, God does not give you more than what you're capable of. You already have the intelligence to do it. I pray that God gives you the confidence to do it and the wisdom to do it. Okay, so in Jesus' name, I, I pray for Vero for her job and that she is known there as the most intelligent person at that job and that she's soon found to be overqualified for it because your intelligence will flow through her. All right, guys. Thank, for jo- thank you for joining us again. Tomorrow I will be filming. We'll be recording from Kristen's house, which means it won't be a live show. It'll be a new show, but uh, it means we usually tape that about two or three hours ahead of time. So if you have any prayer requests, make sure you send them to us um, in advance. The best way to do that is just to hit the messenger button instead of just posting on the videos. Send the messenger button, hit the messenger button, because then we get it directly. It's a lot easier to find and organize. I think sometimes some of the other ones kind of get lost in the shuffle. I don't really know. All right, guys, thank you so much for uh, allowing us into your homes, into your lives. We hope this has been helpful. We'll see you tomorrow at 730 Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, as always, be blessed and be a blessing. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow Jordan and Kristen Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes. And remember to tune in next week and every week on Tuesdays at 845 on WMCA The Mission, AM 570 and FM 102.3. Amazing grace.